0: Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. And I'm Michael Steiner, vice president of innovation and communication. And while we are privileged today to introduce our guest, Derek... Amsler, who is lead pastor at Crossroads Church, West Virginia. You've been there now what about twelve years? Yes, sir. I've been Come there on. twelve years. And man, you have an amazing uh, you know leadership experience uh, and and just love to create community of believers mm-hmm. in, in so many ways. And we're excited to hear more about that. So it's great to have you on here today. Hey, it is a privilege to be back in Florida. It's yeah. here yeah. and, 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 and uh, post
1: hurricane. And Pastor Derek is here for our um, for our missions week, missions emphasis week this is, on yeah, campus. Yeah, we're, we're, like we're excited. So that, great
0: things. Yeah, you're the voice that's going to come and encourage and inspire. We uh we have an amazing missions program, and I think we have I don't know how many trips going out this year, and it's just going to be exciting. Yeah, to see. yeah.
2: I think I saw 34, 34 yeah, yeah. trips. Yeah, I'm yeah. um, hope to ros- uh, roster about a yeah. thousand. There we go. It's yeah, amazing. it's it's going to be on.
0: it is going to be great. It's going to be a great week. So thank you for coming and. And being a part of it. I want to open up our conversation about your experience right now as as a pastor. Both you and and, and Jessica have served as missionaries in Ecuador before establishing your roots mm-hmm. um, in, in West Virginia. But tell us about that journey from really serving on the mission field to pastoring now at Crossroads Church ultimately how it's shaped in you shaped you and strengthened your faith and yeah yeah,
2: yeah you know I just think people are people mm-hmm. and um, it doesn't matter where you go like right. people have different languages but uh, but for the most part, we all have the same uh, bedrocks of needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all want better for our kids. We yeah. all want hope. We we all need faith. We mm-hmm. all aspire to leave a mark and to do something great with our life. And no matter where you go around the world, the needs are there. It's just the languages change, changed. Right. And maybe mm-hmm. the context of the environment um, differs. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, there's something in me that is bigger than me that I'm striving to get out. Yep. And so some of the tools that I used as a youth pastor, um, I found were necessary in in Ecuador mm-hmm. on the mission field, yeah. love people, love Jesus, and yeah. somehow try to get those two worlds to connect on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, yeah. right? And so, um, so my wife and I served as missionary associates in Ecuador. Mm-hmm. We worked at a television station as well as a youth pastor there in one of the churches. And then we hosted teams from the U.S. Yeah. in Ecuador. Um, Ecuador is a great little country. Uh, you have the beach, you have the mountains, mm-hmm. you have the city, but then you have the Amazon jungle. Yeah. And so and so, we were there for a short time, but saw so much of the city or uh, mm-hmm. um, of the country. Yep. And um, really, really, um, what I love about missions, it just... Um, there's something about serving the Great Commission that makes you feel closer to God as you get to see people in their full humanity. Mm -hmm. You know, um, most of the time here in the States, people are so used to hiding behind their their mm-hmm. makeup, their, yeah. their facade, their yeah. image over there. It's just, this is who I am. This yeah. is the real me. And mm-hmm. So you fall in love with the mm-hmm. authenticity of people and you have no choice, but to be authentic back. Yeah. And so uh, coming from Ecuador, back to the States to serve, uh, to serve as uh, senior pastors, um, I just kept the missions heart. Mm-hmm. you know, let's not hide behind a brand or an image. Right. Let's just be authentically us. Yeah. The new, the new, uh, perfection is to be imperfect. Yeah. Uh, But just to be honest and vulnerable of like, hey, this is the real me. And I would rather Mm -hmm. you like the real me than the fake me. And so I want to get to know the real you Mm and not the fake you. And so I think that's where relationships and connectivity happen. And for uh, Jessica and I, um, it's just been a journey of a lifetime to actually, Mm uh, uh, see what God's doing overseas, but then to come back and inspire people to go overseas mm-hmm. and see what God's doing worldwide. Mm-hmm. It's so much bigger than the little echo chamber we yeah. we uh, try to live in sometimes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I know you said that, you know, loving people and all the different tactics they're the same no matter what the context is. But honestly, I mean Ecuador and West Virginia <laughs> You know, there's not necessarily two options I get to say those two places in the same sentence. How did you and your family adapt making that jump from Missionary life, different culture, different people back into, into, into West Virginia? How did that happen? Uh,
2: well, I think West Virginia is close to being a third world country. Okay. Well, there's
1: <laughs> fair. So, oh, that's there. fair. That's <laughs> fair. So there's that. Well, there's that too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah.
2: You know, I think, um, I think um, um, adapting back was rather simple when you just um, – Let's find the least of these. Let's serve yeah, them. Right. Yeah. Let's find the broken and figure out how how we can use the Bible mm-hmm. to direct them and comfort them. And so, you know, uh, when we helped plant the church in West Virginia 18 years ago, so I graduated from college two yeah. weeks after graduation. I was married. Two weeks after that, we moved to West Virginia to help plant the church. Okay. And uh, so our church planting technique, and this was long before, you know, the formulas for yeah, church yeah, yeah. growth right, and stuff, right. um, uh, was that we're going to show up. Every day to the same diner, find find out the diner's name, yeah. her story, his story, and then just try to find out where they're they're hurting and yeah. pray for right. them. Uh, find out their hopes and try to help heal them mm. in in a in different ways. And then um, instead of going through the drive through, we're going to go inside. Yeah. We're actually going to mm-hmm. get to meet the people and know the people that we want to minister to. You know, uh, mm-hmm. so I find it interesting that before Jesus called the disciples, he called them by name. Yeah, yeah. you right. know. Andrew, Peter, yeah. come yeah. and follow me. Yeah. It wasn't just this big general invitation to a massive crowd, right. which there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, people want to be seen. They want to be known. They yeah. want to you know, know that somebody actually cares about them yeah. as an individual. And so whether it's the diner, the bank, um, the uh, fast food restaurant, there's something powerful about yeah. saying somebody's name. Yeah. Gerald, How's your son Abraham doing? You know, Jennifer, how's your daughter Elizabeth doing? Anything I can pray with you this Mm -hmm. week. Hey, I saw uh, their name in the paper. Great job um, on the sports field. That was amazing. God's got a plan and a purpose for Mm -hmm. your life. Anything I can pray with you about this week? Well, actually there is. Okay, well, let's do that. And then you just continue the conversation into the Mm -hmm. context of the local church where then we can disciple people. Mm -hmm. And so um, Ecuador and West Virginia, no doubt massive worlds apart. And yet at the core, they're very similar. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I love this technique. I mean, we have a lot of obviously ministry students that graduate from Southeastern, they go into ministry the first time. And I think there's so much caught up pressure right now on things like being active on social media, what's your brand presence, what's all all these kind of bells and whistles. But what you're talking about is there's still value in meeting people in your community. just getting to know somebody. What advice would you give to a new ministry student, right? Maybe they're a kids pastor or a youth pastor, they're just starting out fresh out of college. What advice would you give for them to get set up and be successful in that ministry career?
2: Yeah, I think uh, some good advice would be pursue authenticity uh, more than your brand, more than your image, Mm -hmm. because it's easy to drift into this masquerade. yeah, And you don't even know who you are anymore. Mm. And so you're so caught up in who you want to become or who you like so much that you want to emulate that you don't even know who you are. Mm. And so you're no longer unique. You're just... You're you're totally different just like everybody else. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. And so be authentically you. We need your fingerprint yes. in our world. Yep. We need we need your personality, quirks and twerks and all. We need who you are. Yeah. Uh and there's value in being genuinely, authentically you, even if it's not uh just like everybody else, right,
0: yeah, right, yeah, and, and and I mean that's what we're all about here at SCU. I mean, divine design. You connect Ooh, with the that. way God wired you, yep. created you, designed you, so that you can be that solution mm-hmm. because you are going to be a specific solution to an issue, so to a people group, to you know, to a community. Uh, and, and that's why you have to be, I love that. You, you talk about being genuine and authentic and real, and, mm. you know, you have to be, if you're, if God's going to use you, you want to connect to the way he made you. Yeah. I and, love that. And that is so important. You're a church planner and you, you planted this, this church. And, and we have a lot of students where we're, they're being called to plant churches, you mm-hmm. know, and they want to plant churches, but a lot of these students, um, struggle with the fear of beginning something new or the fear of, but, well, I have the resources. You know, it's one thing to go to an established place, but, but to realize that, man, God wants you to, to start something from scratch. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a lot of, you know, the unknown that they're facing. So how, what, what wisdom, what advice do you give to, to leaders who need encouragement, especially when they feel God's divine call to plant? To start something fresh, something new.
2: I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's back to Psalms one thirty nine. You know, we are fearfully and wonderfully yep. made, mm-hmm. and we love that when it makes us feel good. We don't really embrace that when it makes us feel fearful. Right. Yeah. And uh, but to be fearfully and wonderfully made is to be woven by design. I love what yeah. you just said there. And so, in that impression, in that weaving, in that tapestry. God has given us different personalities, different uh, adventures, different levels of risk, Mm -hmm. you know. And so uh, once you know your divine design, and if that is – and if there's still that nudge to go out and to resurrect something from nothing, uh, uh, um, I think the first step is to embrace faith. Well, Mm. uh, probably the first step is to seek wise counsel, you know, like make sure that you're just not – Uh, angry at uh, Mm. your current supervisor, pastor, and you just don't want to submit to anybody. And so now um, let's go do our own thing. But once you have the backing of some wise counsel so that victory can be sure, uh, and there's belief, there's confirmation in that, then I think you just go out And, um, you know, like we live in this world that is so filled with comparison. Yeah. You know, like I was just talking to a buddy of mine the other day, and he's upset. Uh, His church is only two years old, and he thought it would be 400 by now, and they're averaging like less than 100. I was like, yeah, but you're only two years old and we had COVID, right? you know? And so, and so like, who's, who's, who's setting your pace and through an hour long conversation, there wasn't any dialogue about the health of the church, Mm -hmm. the strength of the church, the maturity, the discipleship of the church, everything was just this numbers game. And so I think for a church planner, I would encourage them, slow down. You don't need to compare yourself to anybody. We're not in a race against anybody else. Let's worry about developing a strong foundation. Foundation yeah. uh, first with yourself. Do you know who you are, mm-hmm. so that you don't have to be a cheap copy of anybody else? Yeah, right. Who are you? What is your gifting? What is your strength? Um, is your spouse comfortable with who you are mm-hmm. and who they are? Is yep. your marriage strong? Because ministry will create a pressure. Oh, absolutely. Yep, that yeah. will cause you yeah. know the imperfections or the mm-hmm. the lack of character to <laughs> mm-hmm. to yeah. Uh, yeah, to move yeah, on. Yeah, 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 to be exposed. And so, uh, first year or so, hey, who am I? What is what is my strength? What is my weakness? How can I safeguard myself mm-hmm. from allowing sin to get in? What wow. is the accountability structure? Yeah. Uh, and then, what does God want from me? Like, get, give me a God vision. Yeah, you know, I feel like there's so much white noise uh, within the larger capital C church right now, where everybody's just mimicking everybody. Uh, but we don't need another. Pharaoh, and we don't need another, you know, Aaron mm-hmm. or Jethro. Who's yeah. Moses? Right. You know, right. stuttering and all. Give me you, yes. and yeah. let me see God. You yeah. go with fear and trembling. I'd rather have a quivering hand, and a and a stuttering voice, but still mm-hmm. be me, right. and still see God use right. the "Let my people go" yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, to draw people out of exile.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, and so I think what you're talking about is there's so much. I feel like today, especially with all the conversations, with the, with the rise of social media and all the different stuff, we can miss the idea that church is local first. Oh, It's a local absolutely. body first. The Good. church happens locally, not... You know, we get so caught up on the big C church that you forget that like a church is just a collection of people in a local community, yeah. loving God, growing closer together. Mm-hmm. Um, And you got to keep that in the forefront. You got to keep, how can I bring my best self to that context, to that local spot is something that we say a lot here on on campus. And speaking of bringing your best self to campus... We'd be remiss if we didn't hint the fact that you are an SU alum. I am. We love, I love am. SU alum. You, you graduated, you did one year with us in undergrad, but you did your master's with us as I well. I did. Great masters.
2: experience.
1: Love it. And that's what I want to ask you about. How yeah. did your experience going through education, well, let's start here. This is the question we always ask. What was the prompting that made you want to go back to get a degree? How, what was the purpose? What were you trying to do? How did that help you in the ministry that you were working in that local?
2: Yeah, center? I felt like, uh, for a prolonged season, I was always reading the same books, uh, the world that I was interacting with, building relationships Mm -hmm. with. I didn't find myself disagreeing with them a lot. Um, I felt like they were agreeing with everything that I was saying. So I just Uh, felt like we're this big uh, community living in our own echo chamber. And then a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Mark Morrow, uh, lives about four hours from me, uh, sent me an email and said, hey, I'm going to do this mammal program. You ought to hop on. And so I looked Uh, looked it up and I was like, Hey, I think, I think this is going to stretch my thinking. Mm. And sure enough, I got in, I hated my first professor, you know, (laughs) because he was challenging everything that I thought, you know, and at first I'm like, man, does this guy even a believer? Is he even a Christian? (laughs) Like, um, and of course he was, uh, but he was, he was, he was just sharpening our praxis, getting us out of our own comfort zone, reading books that I would have never picked out to read, uh, creating a discipline in me that... uh, Um, um, to love the Lord your God with all your mind, not just your soul and your strength. And I think sometimes that's easy for us to do is right on the high of goosebumps and celebration and testimonies. Mm -hmm. But what about stretching our own mind and our own understanding so that when people ask questions, we're able to give a well thought out Mm -hmm. uh, biblical response? Because not everybody has the same Christian worldview. So how does the Christian worldview intersect with the non-Christian worldview unless they know how the non-Christian worldview Mm -hmm. Um, Is projected and perceived, exactly. right? And yeah. so, but great experience. Well, I, I actually loved all my professors. I really did yeah. at the uh, end of the day. Yeah. And so, great, yes, great. I does. highly recommend yeah. It. No, I yeah. it.
0: yeah stu- you know, education stu- for my for my life as well. It's, it's all about the stewardship of life. You want to be a good steward of what you've been given. Mm-hmm. You have to have education because yep. you want you want to be on top of the game mm-hmm. as to. What it is that God's going to do, and, and education always opens opportunity to mm. develop, to grow, to uh, yeah. God stretches in in many ways, so yeah, I relate to that very well because you know, in my first career was in television, and mm. and when I get called into ministry, I had no biblical background or any mm. of that, so I, I I've got to go back to school, right. and if I want to be a great pastor, I want to learn church history, I want to learn biblical studies, mm. I want practical leadership, and. You know, it does. It transforms your life when you step into that um, and rub shoulders with people that help you with um, your calling and help you with the apologetics uh, that are so important. And I feel like that came out well in your
2: book, by the way, Mm -hmm. um, just the way you're able to marry theology and praxis together. And it's not just strong leadership information, but a strong application. And so then it's easy to just go out and live out, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: very much so. Very good time. You have a, a a strong community at Crossroads, and and I know, you know, we're living in a world of cancel culture uh, right <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of criticism that uh-huh, comes yeah. our ways, and and I think at times it can be challenging to, uh, you know, kind of stand firm in the faith amidst b- b- backlash that comes mm-hmm. to us. Um, and of course, you know, one of my favorite verses, Romans chapter 12, verse two, which focuses on don't conform to the pattern of this world, but always be transformed. How do we do that by renewing our mind? And uh, I, I want to ask you, what are some steps leaders in your, from your experience, can, can they take when they want to stir up revival in these environments of judgment and opposition?
2: Mm, great question. You know, I think I would start with make sure that the opposition doesn't, um, doesn't erode your own soul. Right. And so uh, hostile environments don't have to create hostility in Mm -hmm. me. And so the first thing I want to do is just guard my own heart. As Solomon said, it is the wellspring of life. And so I think it's important to know uh, what voices are there to critique you, to embetter you, and what voices are just there to criticize right. you. Mm. And there is a difference between critique and criticism. And so I feel like as pastors, part of our job would be to critique the culture yeah. with a biblical framework, but not to criticize it. Uh, but you know, Rome was hostile towards Christians. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but you look out um, through the landscape of Scripture, and the more opposition arose against the early church, it seemed like the more the church they would thrive. prevail. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. so and so persecution comes in different ways, and different forms. But at the end of the day, if we can just keep Jesus high and lifted up, mm-hmm. protect our own soul, protect our own character. And I found uh, the way I talked to myself would actually... Uh, either bring health and healing to my own spirit in seasons of difficulty Mm. and oppositions, or it would further um, deflate it. And so, you know, I don't know where I got this from, but... um, Uh, the same way you create a culture is the same way you can create the culture of your own soul. Mm. And so the stories you tell, the things you celebrate and the heroes you make. Mm. And so who my life am I making hero out of? uh, Those who are championing the things of God or those who are criticizing the God in me, right? right? So stories you tell, things you celebrate, heroes you make, uh, by keeping a close guard on your mind and your, in your uh, words, I think that We can do what Daniel did in Babylon. And at the end of the day, after you've done everything to stand, just Mm -hmm. keep standing, Standing, keep sharing the love of Jesus. I found uh, in my own life, the more discouraged I get is because I've been focusing on myself. And so the more I can get out from my own bubble, and go back to the diner where it all started and get to know somebody new that I've not met before. Hey, tell me your story. Hey, I'm about to pray over my food. Is there anything that I can pray with you about nine out of 10 times? Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, there sure is. I'm going through a difficulty. My mom's got cancer, whatever. So, okay, well, let's pray right now. Mm -hmm. And the more I get boots on the ground, that my situation is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. And so let me steward my difficulty well, well, mm-hmm. um, no matter what I'm walking through, the people are still counting on me to lead well. Yeah, you know they're still trying to get to the promised yeah. land, and unlike Moses, I'm trying to get there too. <laughs>
0: right, right. You know. we're, we're all, all trying are. to make it. We all right. Are.
1: Well, and I think what you're hitting on right now is is this the power of discipline? We talk yeah. about it a lot yeah. on this show, and we, Dr. Engle, obviously wrote nine disciplines about yeah. it, but this having those, dis- those things that you default to, right? Especially mm. when you've got new ideas coming at you from every, every angle, you get new experiences, you start working for a new job where you're being used, you know, exposed to new ideas and different things like that. It's the disciplines that you set into your life that will keep you going on the path that you're going yeah, good. or will get you into a new path. What have you found over the course of your career, obviously in a lot of different contexts, are the disciplines that have keep you going in the right path?
2: Uh, Obviously, daily devotions is Mm going to be a big one. Um, I do try to work out maybe three or four times a week. Um, I've been working on my bicep game ever since I found out I was going to meet you in person. Yes. <laughs> yes, it didn't pay pump, off
1: though. Uh, I gave up. That's Pass why from, I wear the
2: long sleeves. Uh, that's when James Pal used to live with us in Ecuador. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that's that. right. yeah. Okay. yeah, he did for a little while. Got so it. at that time, he called me the Bishop of Biceps, okay. but now I think he calls me the Prophet of Pathetic. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> that's
0: funny. Yeah. Wow. Oh, but Good. yeah, working yeah. out,
2: you know, uh, trying to um, invest in relationships because yeah. I. Have have discovered that my default would be isolation. Sure. Whenever I'm discouraged, yep. I just want to withdraw and people get on my nerves and I don't want to talk to anybody and leave me alone. Yep. So it's easy for me then to go to work, have church, come home. And before you know it, you look up and two months have, have passed by and I'm still doing ministry, but I'm doing it alone. And so getting back to, hey, you know, this is a team sport and who else can I encourage? Mm -hmm. Uh, Who can I call that may be defeated as well and uplift them, strengthen them? And so the daily disciplines of devotion, um, physical exercise, Um, being, being, um, the servant of my house, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how can I, how can I leave my wife in this season? How can I play with my kids? Filling their love tank fills mine even when I don't feel like doing it all the time, but just being disciplined in values and also, you know, um, divine design. I love that. I love that. The more I get back on track to what I've been wired to do, the more, you know, yeah, the opposition's there but it's not a splinter in my soul.
1: Yep. Sure. It's mm-hmm. not
0: irritating me like it was. Yeah, yep. wow. absolutely. That's, good. That's so good. Well, we're going to move into what I hope will be your favorite part of our podcast, our fire round,
2: <laughs> fire, fire, around. We get okay. to
0: fire, some questions your way. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and, uh, we want you to kind of answer with your gut. What just comes to your gut right away. And, and, and this helps us to grab some great practical and applicable pieces of advice for all of our, uh, listeners Perfect. listening mm-hmm. today. So, I'll let you start. Fire away, Michael. I'll hit it, number
1: one. So you know, we talked about we have a lot of students that are graduating going into ministry, but we actually have more that are graduating and going into secular careers, right? And so they're coming off of our campus, a lot of spiritual... We take a lot of intentional spiritual development here, and they're stepping into the workforces. What would you say to that new accountant, to that new nurse, to that new teacher as they're stepping into what often is in a Christian environment, how can they yeah. live out their faith and how can they stay faithful to their faith?
2: I love that. Most of ministry is going to happen outside church and chapel bell. Yep. And so um, the more they can see their environment as their mission field, and they're, they're called to be the Daniel, they're called to be the Ezekiel. Uh, you know, the, the environment looks like, smells like, has values similar to Babylon, mm-hmm. very anti-God. And yet even in the midst of godlessness, God raises up somebody to bring the glory of God down mm-hmm. and to point it out. And the more they can see themselves as that leader, that role. So I would say, guard your guard your character. Um, you've got to get plugged into a local church, yep. um, be discipled in the context of a of a Bible teaching, Jesus loving, Christ centered family. Um, be be open and um, authentic in your connect group with your own struggles. Mm-hmm. So iron has space to sharpen, sharpen, um, weak areas Mm. in your life. But I would say, start small. See every person as a God encounter, right? There's no such thing as a consequence when Mm. we serve the God of sovereignty and all that. Uh, but yeah. So God has you in a cubicle, a corner office next to somebody. Why, why are you there? Why are they there? Get to know them. Uh, Jesus chose his 12 disciples that he might be with them. Mm. And so Jesus has chosen you to live out the faith in this Context to be with somebody. Well, why? To point them to something beyond a paycheck, mm-hmm. and that would be the presence of God. And yeah. so, work hard, study hard, uh, have a have a spirit of excellence, so that people long into the why behind the what is mm-hmm. it that you're doing? Yeah, because uh, it is more than a paycheck.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What is the number one number one way that young leaders? can transform their communities transform the people they have the privilege to serve the number one way people have
2: transformative
0: yeah what's power. one way to transform people's lives the 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 number one way mm. I would
2: say and I feel like I'm a broken record mm-hmm. uh, but in my in my experience find out where they're hurting and heal it yeah mm-hmm. you know um, i made It gives you a greater level of patience with people. Um, It gives you a greater interest in the lives of people. And so where they're hurting, um, I got a personal, um, uh, whenever I hear pain and problems, to me it equals prayer, Yes. right? And it sounds um, cliche, but uh, somebody expresses problems or you see pain in their face, uh, the pain in their eyes, pain on their face, um, well then take them to prayer. Pain and problems equal prayer. And so mm. who else is praying for them if I don't? Mm. Who else is gonna ask if I don't? And so yeah. I don't wanna delegate my spiritual responsibility to somebody else yeah. if I'm there in the moment with them yeah. to, to who knows, lead them, mm. guide them, comfort them, I don't know, correct them, yeah. Uh, but with a spirit of love. And, you know, we live in a society that is so, um, the call is to be so tolerant that we're never truthful. Mm. Uh, but what kind of grace is void of truth. Yeah. And so somehow those two worlds can marry and yeah. blossom and flourish. And so I think, you know, um, find out the biggest needs of your area. So we'll call our, uh, our, uh, city, um, leaders, um, in Martinsburg every year and just ask them, uh, what are the biggest problems right. mm-hmm. that are plaguing our city and how can we help? Yeah. You know, I'm not looking for any kickbacks as a church. Yeah. This is my city too. Pray for the peace and the mm-hmm. prosperity of the city in which you live because if it flourishes, well, then you're going to be benefactors as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, so many times I think the call of the church is come see what we're doing. Yeah. When actually the call of the Gospels is to go and yeah. tell. Yep. And so, yeah, come in, gather, get fed. But what's that extra nourishment for? Mm. To go live it out. Yeah. And so I love the fact that there's more students called to the, quote, secular industry. Mm. Yep. Uh, man, let's invade every space, yep. every place right. with a genuine expression of the Gospel. Uh, and let's just get urgent about it. Yep. Let's get courageous about it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Last question, we'll close out our time together. And this is, you know, it's super pertinent when you think about coming out of the pandemic, so many people, what they, the path that they thought that they were on, maybe isn't exactly where they want to be now. You know, they have more options, more opportunities. How can we as believers know when we're operating in the will of God, in the path of God? What are the signs that we're on the right path, that we're doing the right Mm. things that we need to be looking for?
2: You know, I would ask myself, uh, is, well, one, is the opportunity there? Is there a passion there? Hmm. Is there a desire there? Um, has it been confirmed by other spiritual leaders who love God and love me, but they love me enough to tell me the truth? Because there's some things that mm-hmm. I wanted to venture into and those that know me well and love me the most. Like, hey, you're passionate about it. You're not wired for that work, you know. So maybe you're called to support that financially Mm. or encourage or raise up somebody else. But that's just not you. And so I think humility has a lot to play with it. And then uh, the more you just maximize whatever season you're in now. Mm. Yeah. So things didn't work out because of you know the pandemic and it is tough and it is it is it is life altering yeah. but but at the end of the day God is still in charge he we make our plans he orchestrates and ordains our steps and so every time I step um where's the presence of God here what mm-hmm. is God doing he was stepping here before I stepped here and so he may have rerouted my steps but in the reroute he's still faithful he's still good and there's still ministry to do and so on this reroute on this detour who's in my path that needs to know Jesus, what good can be done, what gospel can be shared, and um, who can I bring a mm-hmm. hope and life to along the way? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely wow. love it. Wow. So many times I think we get married yeah. to our plans, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so when things don't work out according to our plans, and then yeah. we grow discouraged or angry at God, and God's like, yeah, yeah, but those were your plans.
0: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So good. So good. Derek, wow, thank you for joining us on Framework Leadership Today. What a what a powerful voice. And and just just spending a few minutes with you, you know, right now, you just you have such a compassionate compassionate transparency is how I would mm. describe it. It's just so it's just powerful. Mm. And and that is what it's all about, the compassion to, you know, as as I think it's the message that described Jesus would move into the neighborhoods. I love that. With compassion, mm-hmm. meeting the needs of people. And mm. that's what you. It's what you do, and you do it with excellence and just grateful for your life. Oh, thank you, sir. Yeah, your commitment. So thank you for joining us.
2: Hey, thank you for having me. I love Southeastern. I love what you guys are doing. I love the lives that you're investing, and I love that you take it so serious, not just working on today's problems, but tomorrow's solution, Mm -hmm. and it is evident in every square inch of this campus. So thank you.
1: Love it. Love it. Well, if you're listening this to this right now and you want to stay up to date with Derek and, and his family and everything they're doing um, at the church, you can follow him on Instagram at Derek underscore Amsler, right? That's A-M-S-L-E-R. Um, and then for more leadership content, make sure you check us out on Instagram, Kent underscore Engel, or on Twitter at Ken Engel or at Dr. Michael Steiner. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, this would be a great time to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button so you can get more leadership content right into your YouTube feed every single week. And hey, if you love great email newsletters and I know know that I do. Subscribe to the Framework Leadership newsletter. You can go to keningle.com, sign up for it. Incredible once a week leadership tips delivered right to your email inbox. Check it out. You won't regret it. Thank you so much for listening to Framework Leadership.
0: Take care, everybody.